Pond.com. It's time now for a Pond Further Review with your host, Josh Norman, here on WJQS The Fan. It is Monday night, which means it is time for another edition of Upon Further Review. We appreciate you joining us here on 106.3 FM, 1400 AM, or WJQSTheFan.com. We are in the Garner Dental Studios. Garner Dental Group is a collection of 18 dental and orthopedic offices, excuse me, orthodontic offices, conveniently located across Mississippi. Uh, complimentary whitening for new hygiene patients is available. Check them out. LateGarnerDentalGroup.com or call 601-271-8710 to find one of their five metro locations or others across the state and region. We do appreciate you joining us. Uh, We are here as we are every Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m. for Upon Further Review where we're going to review some great stories. And uh, we are not short of those uh, for tonight's show. Uh, At 6.15 we'll be joined by Brent Hevener the head baseball coach for Jackson Prep uh, and the 5A state champion baseball team over there. Uh, That is four straight, I believe, for those guys. At 6.30, we'll be joined by the now two-time Gatorade, Mississippi Gatorade Volleyball Player of the Year, Parker Bracken, and potentially her head coach, uh, Melissa Denson, over there from Jackson Academy. Uh, At 7.30, we will have the judge. And let me tell you all something. The judge is on fire. So you will not want to miss those two segments with the judge. The coach's challenge at 7.30 and then at 7.45. We'll have his good call and bad call. And uh, he's, he's, got some, he's got some good ones coming for us tonight. Uh, also later in the show, we'll talk some, uh, some NBA. Uh, obviously, the regular season ended. We've got the MVP race to talk about as well as the playoffs with the play-in starting to either tonight or tomorrow night. So we'll talk a little bit about the NBA. Uh, let's start out with a few shout-outs here, as we do uh, very often with our high school segment here. Uh, first, want to take a chance, an opportunity, excuse me, to recognize your MHSA fast-pitch softball state champions in 6A, Hernando High School, in 5A, Neshoba Central. And at one point during the year, Neshoba Central was ranked number one in the nation in fast-pitch softball at the same time that Madison Central Baseball was ranked number one. So you had the two number one teams on the Diamonds, their respective Diamonds, both from the state of Mississippi. Those are the kind of stories we like to tell. 4A, Kosciuszko, 3A, Boonville, 2A, Lake, and 1A, Myrtle. Those are your fast-pitch softball state champions. Uh, In the MAIS, uh, your baseball state champions. In 5A, I mentioned earlier, Jackson Prep will be joined by Brent Hevener, their head coach uh, here uh, in a, the, well in the next segment of the show for a Mag Heights and Mag Heights uh, had a terrific year out of North Mississippi. Uh, they actually matched up with Jackson Prep earlier in the year uh, and beat Jackson Prep along with a lot of other quality wins. They beat uh, um, Hartfield Academy from Flowood uh, in in straight games there and that one Riverfield. Well, the Class Three to One A really should be the Louisiana. Uh, state champions because you had Riverfield out of Louisiana, Glenbrook in 2A out of Louisiana, and then in 1A, Tallulah uh, winning their respective state championships. So we uh, we send a shout-out to each of those state champions as uh, as just terrific job on the Diamonds, both Diamonds, uh, for those young men and young women. 
talking a little high school baseball. Before we get started with that, Bill, I have bad news. Uh-oh. Um, I know that you were anticipating putting a bid in on Derek Jeter's home in Tampa that Tom Brady had been renting. Yeah, I had, I had, uh, had it already. Unfortunately, it sold for $22.5 million. Man, about a $5 million more than I had. Yeah, yeah. I knew you had a, had a nice offer in on it, uh, <laughs> and, and you and your wife were planning to move down there and retire. In my dreams. $22.5 million mm. uh, for that home. Uh, I am I am an a fan of the show million dollar listing that comes on it, it's they they do it in new york city and los angeles i love to see some of the architecture some of the homes that, that come out of some of these other uh big cities obviously we have some beautiful homes here in the jackson area and uh so i, I love to see uh, some of these homes it's it's fantastic Derek jeter's home sells for 22 and a half million dollars and i knew that bill uh now now my boy gravy train who may or may not be out there listening tonight but uh, I'm not sure where uh, Derek Jeter's uh, home would stack up against the gravy trains that he's currently building. Um, but we may have to ask Champy about that. Speaking of my boy Champy in high school sports, I want to give a shout-out because my boy Champ is getting back into the coaching ranks. He will be coaching uh, a, a very lucky group of seventh-grade girls uh, for the next season. Uh, Champ is responsible for... Uh, giving me an opportunity to uh, see if I enjoyed coaching by coming out and helping him many, many years ago. Uh, he is one of my mentors and, uh, and certainly uh, played a huge role in me becoming a, a high school basketball coach and athletic director uh, by giving me that opportunity. And, you know, it's, it's awesome to see when coaches are willing to reach out, give opportunities to volunteer, young coaches, young people trying to find their path, and uh, certainly I owe a lot to Champ, uh, and so I want to give him a shout-out. He's going to be roaming the sidelines again, and we're going to actually report from a game. We're going to do a live report from a seventh-grade girls' basketball game while we watch Champ coach. That's how exciting it is to hear about him being back on the sidelines, and uh, we're excited about that as, uh, as he is a terrific dude and certainly a mentor of mine, and so I want to give him a shout-out on that. Um, as we look at the... <clears throat> the MHSA baseball playoffs, excuse me. In 6A, you have uh, Madison Central beat Starkville in three games. Uh, the two wins for Madison Central were a blowout. I think the, the loss uh, for Madison Central was 3-2. to two. Uh, In the other side, you have Tupelo and DeSoto Central. Tupelo won that one. In the bottom half of the south, Pearl and Oak Grove still have to play. Not sure where they are in their series, if they're on their second or third contest. But they had actually, I think, were scheduled to play tonight. Uh, that one was rained out due to the weather we had coming through earlier in the day. So I think that's rescheduled for tomorrow night. And the Northwest Rankin uh, here from the area wins in straight games, wins those first two contests against Iverville. Uh, I'm sure our boy Brooks is excited about that. So, you know, when you look at it, you have uh, three teams from the north that were in the final eight in, um, excuse me, three teams from North Mississippi. Obviously, they're all from the north, but Madison Central from the uh, central Mississippi area. Pearl from central Mississippi. They're playing Oak Grove and Northwest Rankin from central Mississippi. We've been talking about central Mississippi and how it's loaded in baseball, and it seems to be the north part of the state is at the same, uh, in the same place. So uh, interesting as, as you go along, when, if you remember, Coach Roby uh, discussed that one of the teams that he felt like may give him some trouble uh, down the road was Tupelo. So he's going to be facing off. He and, and Madison Central, the Jaguars, will be facing off against Tupelo 
Uh, and then we'll see what happens in the south as we await the winner of Pearl and Oak Grove. They will face Northwest Rankin. In the 5A bracket, down to the final four, and those are all four named. Uh, Lafayette beat Ridgeland uh, in straight games there, two games to none. Saltillo beat Center Hill two games to one. West Jones beats East Central two games to none. And Pascagoula two games to none as well there in 5A. So that, that sets up your final four in 5A. Uh, as we move into now 4A, 4A, you've got uh, West Lauderdale defeated Corinth uh, two games to one. They'll face off against Moorville there in the north. Moorville defeated Ripley two games to zero. Stone, awesome story out of Stone High School. Uh, and we tweeted about it. Um, uh, and uh, they had a young man who's, whose father – He's a pitcher. His father was the athletic director, former baseball coach. He suddenly passed away. Two days later, the young man goes out and pitches a complete game, just absolute gym. Uh, and we talked about, you know, when we tweeted about it, the, the, just how sports sometimes helps uh, athletes overcome grief. And in that moment, you've got to know that young man. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Connard was the father. And uh, Gehrig Connor, wonder if he's named after, named after Lou Gehrig. He threw a complete game two hitter two days after losing his father, Kevin Connard. Uh, just a fantastic story. And uh, the Tomcats from Stone will play Summerall as Stone defeated Purvis. Summerall defeated North Pike two games to one to round out 4A. In 3A, we've got Amory beat Nettleton. They'll face off against Boonville, who beat Cosseth. Two, to zero, two games to zero. Clarkdale beat West Marion, and they will face McGee. So McGee is in the final four. They've had a heck of a run down there. We mentioned that last week. They beat Southeast Lauderdale two games to zero. In the 2A, uh, East Union defeats local school St. Joseph Catholic out of Madison, two games to zero. Pisgah beat Bruce, two games to one. Taylorsville beat two uh, beat uh, Mize, two games to zero. And Lloyd Stoller and Puckett are still to be determined. And in 1A, your final four are Pine Grove, Tupelo Christian, Resurrection Catholic, and Stringer. So uh, baseball finishing up here. We'll be back, and we will be joined by head baseball coach from Jackson Prep, Brent Hevener, to talk about his state championship and now four straight for the Patriots of Flowood. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more upon further review right after this. Garner Dental Group Studios. We are powered by Jerry Brewer. Jerry Brewer is a trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. Contact Jerry at 601-952-3525 or at southerngulfstates.com for all of your insurance needs. And right now we are pleased to welcome in on the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi collar line, Brent Hevener, head coach, Jackson Prep Baseball coach. Thanks for joining us tonight. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good, Josh. Thanks for having me. Man, no doubt, no doubt. 
grateful you took a few minutes. Uh, I know you're coming off of a, 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 a the busy, busy season for you, and uh, you'll you'll be taking a couple weeks, and I'm sure getting heavy into the camp season, a lot of summer camps for all the youngsters that uh, want to come out and learn about baseball. Uh, so talk to us a little bit. First of all, four straight, uh, quite an accomplishment in uh, in what was really a packed field this year. Well, I appreciate it. it. It really was, and it's a testament to the guys just how well they really came out and battled day in and day out. I would arguably say we played one of the hardest schedules in the state and one of the hardest we've ever played at prep. And to go 35-3 and and win a state championship says a lot about the kind of guys you have on your team. Yeah, it also speaks really highly of the talent level that you're throwing out there. Uh, And I'm looking through some of your schedule as as you were mentioning that. Uh, You played the likes of Clinton High School, Lewisburg, D'Iberville, some of these teams we just got finished talking about uh, in the previous segment that are still alive in the MHSA playoffs. And uh, certainly another team you played, Mag Heights. Uh, And uh, that was an early game, but they are the 5A, excuse me, 4A state champions. Uh, And one thing I wanted to ask you, Coach, uh, how fun would it be to have a – I know there would be a lot of dynamics to it, but but how fun would it be to have an overall-type format uh, for baseball, uh, just kind of like we do for basketball? Well, I think it would be extremely great. I think it would be great for all over the state of Mississippi. I think a lot of people would love to see prep and Madison Central. Uh, we've played Tupelo several times. We'll play them next year. Mag Heights. You know, there's a lot of schools that we don't get to play that people would like to see it, see what happens. What would happen if Madison Central or Jackson Prep played a three-game series, you know. And it, there's a lot of dynamics that people don't understand, but there's a lot of uh, interesting ideas out there of whether or not they can play or not. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's talk about your series with MRA. Uh, MRA came in, was a very talented team. Um, you guys, you took two out of three um, in your in your first series, uh, and uh, you really – uh, it seemed as though just from a from a from a position of the mound, you guys were dominant in that state championship series. Would that be accurate? Well, it really would. It was really a lot of fun because Riley and Nico matched up on Wednesday night, and it was a really great game. Both pitchers just dominated the strike zone. Riley threw a one hit shutout, seven innings, and then Mason Nichols follows up the next night and really just about does the same thing. Give up one run. Um, on a home run to Nico Braden Jones, it's great. We got our our young guy, our junior. So, um, and it was fun. You know, they talk a lot about good pitching, and those three guys struck out a bunch of guys. Our team had over 345 strikeouts this year, and that's a lot in high school baseball. Man, that's incredible. You know, you talked about uh, we've talked about a little bit MRA. You talked about Madison Central as we were talking earlier. I, I'd love to get your perspective on this. Uh, the depth of Central Mississippi baseball and what kind of impact the youth leagues are having in the development process of some of these uh, some of these young players as it just seems like the talent level continues to improve. Northwest Rankin, another team right down there from you that's still alive in the 6A uh, MHSA playoffs. Um, you know, what does that look like from, a, from, from your perspective as you uh, build a program, train them up all the way through the middle and high school ranks? How important is that youth, youth baseball uh, format to the development of these players? Well, it's huge. As long as it's, they're not overused uh, at a young age, it's a big deal because they get to develop, they get to learn baseball. And by the time they get to all of us in middle school and high school, now we're really developing those players and trying to create good young men 
to play college baseball. And there's so much parity right now in Jackson. Anytime you strap it on with any of these schools that you talk about, you're going to get great baseball. And, you know, you're seeing that um, with Madison Central and Northwest, what we did, uh, and then what MRA did. It's, it's really impressive to watch what's going on in Jackson right now. Yeah, you could add Hartfield Academy to the mix there. Uh, they, they, they had a terrific year right down the road from you. Uh, sure. Ridgeland was, was deep into their, uh, into their playoffs there in, in, in 5A. So, uh, you know, like you said, the central Mississippi area, it, it's, it's a very, very uh, full um, uh, quiver of, of baseball talent at this point. So, you know, you're coming on four straight. You know, as you, as you lead your program, you're coming off of four straight. Excuse me. You know, what, what are you talking to your program now What's your message to them through the summer and then the fall uh, to, to not get complacent, to continue to develop uh, and, and to remind your kids that, that every day is important with their development? What's your message? What's your culture that you're building over there in Flowood? Well, the biggest culture is we're going to try to compete every year to play for a state championship, and we want to be one of, the, one of or the elite school in Mississippi. Our message going into the summer is, what can you do to get better this year? We had some guys that didn't get to pitch a lot. They need to go out and throw this summer. They need to have a really good summer. Our guys are playing at the highest level they can in the summer, trying to get recruited, coming off of what we're doing at prep. And we just kind of use those area teams and say, hey, look, we want these guys to throw. We need Reeves Reynolds and Cy Craig and Trey Bridges to throw this summer because they didn't get a lot of innings. And then get as many at-bats as you can against good pitching and that's how you build programs that can compete every year for a state championship. Yeah, well, you've obviously done a terrific job uh, with the comp- competition part. Uh, now, one other thing that you've done a great job on is your field. Tell me about the project of that field. And, and look, just the last two or three weeks, how important it was for you to have that turf and, and the availability of that field. Well, it, it's really a testament to our administration and what they really helped us with. When we lost the front part of our season to the flood last year we decided to make a, a change parents got together the administration and we said look we're going to build a field that's second to none in the state where everybody wants to come and play and coach Pavette and mission over there knew that we were struggling with weather and graduation they said hey you got the field hosted let's go play ball at the highest level and we're going to play the state championship over there and we were missing the first game on our field but we were able to play the game because of the things that we're putting up. So. Yeah, I mean, it's tremendous. When you see it driving down Lakeland Drive, it's a beautiful facility. Uh, you guys did a tremendous job uh, putting all that together, overseeing that. Uh, and uh, so, you know, certainly kudos to you guys on, on that facility there. As you go, what is where are the next, uh, let's say, what does the next one or, you know, couple weeks look like in your world? You're coming off of four straight. You're obviously, uh, you know, probably tired from a long season. Uh, you know, are you going to Disney World, or, or, or what are you doing, Coach? Well, I came home today and watched a little Coco Mellow with my 19-month <laughs> girl. I uh, enjoyed the rainy afternoon. So, you know, we'll take a little time off. Uh, we'll have to quit tomorrow night. And come G- June 7th, you know, we start summer ball at tryouts for next season. And June's really a big month to kind of keep going and pick it back up. But, you know, Abby and I are going to take a little time off. All the coaches are just trying to relax. Uh, and coach just had a little boy, and I know he's ready to spend time with him. And, you know, it's family important at, at any level of coaching, and we're going to try to enjoy the time with our family. Uh, we enjoy the championship tomorrow night with our players. 
graduation last night and just kind of enjoy this for a few more days, and then we're going to go in and get ready for next year. Man, that is that is terrific, my friend. Coach, congratulations, four straight state championships over there in Flowood at Jackson Prep. Uh, before we leave, I do want to recognize your assistants, Xander Romano, Marcus Canoy, Jay Powell, and J.G. Miley, and then your baseball operations, Peter Downing, uh, and the job that they did. I know that as a head coach, uh, your assistants are so important, so I always like to make sure that uh, we give them a shout-out. Uh, look, go get some rest. Enjoy time with your 19-month-old, and uh, good luck this summer, Coach, and uh, we'll hope to have you back soon. Appreciate you joining us. Right. Thank you. No doubt. That was uh, Coach Hevner from Jackson Prep Baseball. They are the uh, defending now. 5A state champions, four in a row, and uh, he mentioned his pitchers, uh, Riley Maddox, uh, through that first game against Nico Mazo, uh, Maza, excuse me, from MRA, and uh, that was a duel. Two terrifically gifted athletes on the mound, uh, and Prep uh, came out on top, four in a row. Uh, it is a dynasty over there. And uh, certainly when you look at the academy ranks right now, uh, you've got Madison Regional Academy, Jackson Prep. They are duking it out in those two sports, uh, football and baseball uh, especially. So uh, congratulations to Coach Havener and Jackson Prep Baseball on their fourth straight 5A state championship. Speaking of state championships, when we come back, we will be joined by Parker Bracken, the Gatorade Volleyball Mississippi Player of the Year twice. Five-time state champion herself. She will be with us in studio to talk all things volleyball and that honor when we come back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Dorman, on WJQS The Fan. Welcome back in. Upon Further Review, we are in the Garner Dental Group studios. Garner Dental Group is a collection of 18 dental and orthodontic offices conveniently located across Mississippi. Complimentary whitening for new hygiene patients is available. Check out the interactive map at LakeGarnerDentalGroup.com. Or give them a call at 601-271-8710 to find one of their five metro locations or others across the state. And what a pleasure it is. We are welcomed in uh, Parker Bracken from Jackson Academy and her coach, Melissa Denson. We're going to be talking volleyball for the next couple segments with them. And, uh, Parker, we welcome you in, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. All right. So, listen. For all of us novice athletes, okay, who, uh, you know, we dreamed about, you know, growing up and being big-time athletes, what is it like now to be named two-time Mississippi Gatorade Player of the Year in volleyball? It's completely surreal. Like, I feel like it's not even real sometimes. I'm like, whoa, wait, I actually did that? Um, again, like with the state championships, too. I'm like, I can't believe I did that, like, starting in the seventh grade. Like, that's insane. Like, I'm like. I, d I could play volleyball in the seventh grade. Like, I don't even know. I just can't even believe it. That's incredible. Well, it's an incredible honor, but number one, that not a lot of people have the opportunity to uh, to achieve. But so is, is it five or six straight 
state championships for you? It's not straight for me because we skipped a year in my 10th grade year. Okay. But my 7th, 8th, ninth grade year, we had three in a row. And then the past two years have been straight. So it's five of the last six. So five total. Five total state championships. It could have been six. It we could have been six. That. We don't want to talk about that <laughs> one? Okay, we won't revisit that one. But five of the last six, and that in and of itself, and naturally many teammates – uh, a lot of people coming in and out of the program. At times where you were an underclassman, um, now you're an upperclassman as a senior. Is there a memory or a moment in any of those five that stick out to you that you just think, wow, man, that was that was just special? Um, well, my most special memory of JA Volleyball was my senior year winning the state championship because we played Hartfield, who was an absolutely amazing competitor, they had so many good girls. We were really on the line if we want, or not if we wanted, if we were going to win or not, because they just have so many good players. But I'm so thankful that we pulled that out, and it still feels surreal that we even won that. Um, that was really exciting. That's probably my most prominent memory. Now I've got to, I've got to admit to you, my best friend from Dallas, his wife is a volleyball coach, and uh, they may be listening. But um, they are – She's she she has a, a, a great group. And I always – so I went to the Hartfield J match this year. Uh, and and I'm, always, I, I'm always talking about the level of volleyball, that those two specifically. So I haven't gotten to see a lot of volleyball over the last couple of years. But, but, but those matchups specifically had, had some extremely high-level volleyball played. And I'm always bragging about you guys and, uh, and what you guys are able to do. All right. So we're going to uh, now, I'm going to go to the fast five, okay? Because part of, part of what we want to do is, uh, is, is learn a little bit more about Parker, Parker, the person. We know how great you are in a volleyball court, okay? But let's talk about your favorite thing to do outside of school. Um, probably play volleyball. But other than, other than that, um, hanging out with my friends, just doing something chill. Okay. All right. Uh, your favorite restaurant? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Especially right. with Anna Claire Seago before a game. Okay. Here's the question, though. Sheffield, sorry. Is it, is it Chick-fil-A, the chicken, or is it Chick-fil-A because of the sauce? Hmm. I'm obsessed with their sauce. Okay. So I'd probably say sauce. All right. I'm, as, I'm, I'm obsessed, with, obsessed with the sauce as well. All right. Uh, your favorite movie? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Don't ask. I just love it. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right, uh, what's your favorite warm-up song? You're getting ready for a big match. What are you listening to? Um, this year for J Volleyball is definitely Anything by Juice World. Okay. So, any, yeah. Uh, Juice yeah. World. Mm -hmm. How have I missed this? Mm -hmm. Joey, if you're out there, how have you let me miss Juice World? I got to hear some Juice World. Uh, maybe we can we can find out more about that, Bill. All right, favorite professional athlete? Um, so, I have – can I do two? Okay. Right, they're partners. They play beat together. It's Kristen Nuss and Taryn Close. Okay. Um, they are just becoming uh, pros in the beach world. Okay. And uh, they just graduated from LSU. They okay. were the ones pair. They are just absolutely amazing, and I look up to both of them so much. All right. So that's a great lead-in <laughs> to your your next endeavor, and that is you will be playing beach volleyball at LSU. Is that correct? Sir. Yes, sir. Okay. What made you choose beach over indoor? Well, 
and indoor I was kind of a ball hog because that's all I wanted. I just wanted to touch the ball. I wanted to be a part of the uh, point. And in beach, there's only two people on each side, so you have to touch the ball every single point. And also, you have to be good at almost every single um, position or thing you do when you play beach. Um, so you have to be able to pass and set and swing. And I was always a pretty well-rounded player in indoor, so beach kind of just clicked with me. It was natural. Mm-hmm. All right, now, is there has there been an outlet for you to compete in beach up to this point? Um, I've been playing at, or my club has been at Diggs in Covington, Louisiana. Okay. Um, we have, we've had some good coaches there, and um, I practice with some really good girls uh, two of them are going to LSU, actually. One's a junior and one's a senior my year. Um, yeah, it's been good. I mean, beach is really weird. There's just little spots around the U.S. where it's predominant. Like Louisiana, you wouldn't really think, like, oh, you need a beach, right? But if you just pour out some sand, get some quartz, you'll have it. And it's very popular there. Um, yeah. Well, Southern Miss just started a beach program within the last couple of years. And uh, I think that was many thanks to maybe one Brett Favre. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But, uh, but uh, so, so, yeah, like you said, you just need a little sand. Speaking of that, they host the National Beach Tournament down in Gulf Shores, Alabama. They do. Any chance you got to go watch that? I did get to watch it. I've watched it for the past couple of years except for last year due to COVID. But, um, yeah, this year was really exciting. They actually didn't have tickets out for any – families or any spectators until like three days before and there's a juniors tournament right down the beach so my parents bought us tickets because mom was like these are really expensive but it's your last time to watch uh not as a player alumni so she got the tickets and we got to watch them it was so fun you just run around the different courts and go cheer on people yes well hey shout out to mom for getting the tickets mom Mom needs a shout out uh, for getting those tickets. My kids are at Jackson Academy. Transparency for all of our listeners. Uh, I'm a Jackson Academy fan, so I'm a little bit biased at this point. But um, tell me about your overall, overall experience as a student athlete at Jackson Academy. What has that meant to you? It's been amazing for me uh, personally. I, At the beginning of my high school years, I played a lot more sports. I cheered. Uh, I didn't play basketball, but I used to play basketball in, like, 7th and 8th grade. Um, Did track, swam, of course, volleyball. So I was doing a ton of different sports and obviously handling uh, my academics as well. And JA has really helped me do that and time manage. So I feel very prepared going into college doing a sport and having time for social uh, stuff and uh, athletics. So... I think Jay has really prepared me for all that. Fantastic. Fantastic. You've been listening to Parker Bracken. She is uh, graduating from Jackson Academy this year, maybe already has, and she's going to be moving on to play beach volleyball at LSU next year. Uh, Next, we're going to be joined by her coach, Melissa Denson, head coach of Jackson Academy Volleyball, and we're going to talk with both of them more about the state of volleyball in central Mississippi and beyond. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this.
Welcome back to Upon Further Review with Josh Dorman. If you'd like to participate in the show, give us a call at 601-366-1180. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. It is Monday night, and uh, I hope you're having a great night. We are in the Garner Dental Group Studios, and uh, we were just joined by Parker Bracken. She's still here with us, but now we're joined by her head coach, uh, finishing up her fourth year at Jackson Academy, Melissa Denson. Melissa, welcome in. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you guys joining us. And we're, we were just off the air talking a lot about volleyball. And um, we were talking about just overall growth for the sport of volleyball, uh, you know, both indoor, beach. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the big keys to that is club. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that you find in different parts of the state is some parts of the state have some really wonderful club programs and, Others, uh, maybe because of a facility or, you know, the availability of, of a gym or something of that nature, don't have it. What do you see as, as kind of the key to the growth of volleyball maybe over the next five years here in the state? I really think that we're going to have to have more facilities over the state and people who are educated to train the girls the way they should. Um, because once the girls receive high-level training, they can tell a difference when they're not getting that. And so making sure that we have enough people in the state that know what they're doing. All right, so tell us about your background. Prior to being at Jackson Academy, you were at Clinton High School. I was at Clinton High School for six years. I was the head coach for two and assistant um, before that. And then I played at Mississippi College. Oh, you're a Choctaw. I'm a Choctaw. Come on. <laughs> I, listen, I'm a Choctaw. What year did you uh, – well, oh, gosh. I won't ask you what year you graduated. But, but um, we, yeah, what year did you graduate? 2012. 11. 11. 2011. So when did you start there? 07. Okay, so I coached at Mississippi College, 0708. Okay. With, with Mike Jones and Don Law. Oh gosh. Coached men's <laughs> basketball. So yeah. you would have you would have been there about the time guys like Tyler mm-hmm. Winford and some of those guys were them, yeah. were on their way out. Yeah. How about that? My Go mom's Choctaws. been there for forty four years. She teaches there. No, she works in um, the tech department. Yeah. But she was the head registrar for years, so I kind of grew up around MC and oh. Clinton. So this like JA was the first kind of. It's not even a big move because I'm not out of the state but right. big move for me well bill is a clinton guy so uh, he, he knows he knows he knows arrow land really well choctaw yep. land and uh so that's great so so look five out of six all four years no excuse me three or four of your mm-hmm. years at jackson academy well, state championships two of three two i'm of three. going into my fourth going into the fourth okay what's it like building a volleyball program from uh from a middle school through high school and juggling the concept of keeping interest from the young ladies, but at the same time, you got to put your, your best, however many you take, 12 to 15 each year uh, on the team. What's it like trying to develop that at a place like Jackson Academy? Um, we have lots of support from our administration, which makes it really easy where our kids can do multiple things and be successful. Um, that's one thing I love about JA is the communication is really, really good so that we can actually be successful together. But I really think that we're successful because of my coaching staff and the relationships we have with girls that started at a really young age. And we want to be a part of their lives and be mentors to them. Um, Good, bad, whatever it is, we're all teachers pretty much on my staff. So we can help them from the education side. We can help them emotionally um, and then obviously athletically. Okay. Those assistants include Spencer Pittman Mm -hmm. and Ashley. Wait, I'm going to get it. Zam John. Zamian. Okay, I was way She's off. She's Cajun. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, listen, I, pro- I apologize, Ashley. Just trying to give you a shout-out here. But, uh, all right, so assistants are very important. You mentioned mm-hmm. something that's important to us, 
when we developed this show, one of the things we wanted to talk a lot about was culture. And and you mentioned relationships, and and we we dissect coaches as transformational or transactional. Right. Transformational cares about something deeper than a result. Transactional is let's win. That's all that matters. Uh, talk to me about your culture and maybe some of the things you do to build those relationships. And obviously, your transformational and your coaching. What do you do from a culture perspective? I mean, I think it's something that starts with the rising sixth graders that come in and knowing our standards and really keeping those consistent throughout what we say and what we do and actually meaning what we say instead of just, hey, here's a threat or, hey, here's that. Um, but our office doors are always open. The kids are in there 24-7. Sometimes I have to kick them out. Um, but really just getting to know them, loving on them, um, teaching them different ways from volleyball to school, that kind of stuff. And then it really the parents are a big part of it. So coaches and parents together can really make a child successful if you're on the same team. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, so listen, what you're listening to here is a coach described to you, because we talk about, you know, yes, having, having, having the players is, is important, but this is a dynasty of a volleyball program with great players like Parker Bracken, but also a dynamic culture. And, and, and when you merge those together, that's when dynasties are created, and you're listening to that from Coach Denson uh, and the JA uh, volleyball program. So we talked a little bit about Beach with Parker earlier. Do you anticipate, is there any potential that beach volleyball becomes a high school sport at any point? Um, maybe down the road, the way it's growing, I would hope so. We have so many girls that are interested in it. And it's, you know, we push for them to play multiple sports at JA. And for them, it is different because it's a break from the hard court and the jumping and the pressure on their joints. And then you go on the beach and you get to do the skills. So our five foot two kids who, you know, never get to hit a ball or never get to do some of the things block, they now have to do those things. So it kind of gives them more tools in their toolbox to be successful. So I hope that down the road it happens. Um, Mississippi's a little behind in volleyball culture in general, so we'll just have to see. Does beach high school volleyball exist in other places? In other places, yes. Okay, so maybe Texas, big volleyball. California. California. Florida. Uh, maybe weather specific. It's all spring mm-hmm. sport, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, for beach. So you have your indoor fall, beach, spring, and in the middle you you can right. you can figure some other things out to do, play hoops, whatever it is. Well, they usually have to pair it up because there has to be like a female court for a boys' court. So the boys usually have an indoor team as well. Okay, so yeah. male volleyball. Yes, I've had several of my senior guys beg me to start a team. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna admit something to you guys here. Um, I actually played in a faculty student volleyball contest several years ago um and and it actually i I had real one really really good player (laughs) so it went really well for us uh former assistant coach morgie he's out there he's always listening uh he's he's he can he can play and uh so it was fun i really enjoy the game of volleyball and would love to see volleyball continue to grow uh i'm going to push it over to you parker because i want to hear a little bit about what you're doing for beach volleyball with youngsters. You talked about you're your doing some things uh, from the standpoint of a little bit of training. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so beach volleyball is not a very big sport in Mississippi right now, but I'm trying to change that a little bit. Um, I've had some people text me an entrance, interest of me coaching them or coaching them at tournaments or just privates. I've actually had um, a couple of clinics with, like, 
ranging from five to ten girls. It's kind of a lot when it's just one uh, coach. But it's so much fun to get to see how much better they get. And I just love to see that growth in a sport that I love. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right, uh, Coach Denson, talk about what it's like. You know, very few of us that have, that are coaches have the opportunity to coach two-time Gatorade Player of the Year for their specific state. So, so talk about what it's been like to to have that opportunity uh, for you and, and to see a talent like Parker. I mean, Parker is amazing on the court and even off the court. So who she is as a person really kind of makes everything just that much better because when you have those athletes that are so talented and they're not humble or they're not, you know, giving back to the sport that's given them so much. So for me, seeing her give back through coaching and other things like that has been more rewarding. But as an athlete, she's one in a million. Um, the things that she can do defensively, I've yet to see kids across the nation do. Mm. Um, it, I did not create Parker. I got Parker. I moved into JA. So, I mean, I'm a little blessed with her previous coaches helping her out with that. Sure. Um, from club to her mom even coaching her some. Yeah. And different people. And then USA Volleyball helping with that some. But just mentally, she's tough. Yeah. Um, she's not selfish on the court. So being able to recognize when she's struggling and say, hey, maybe don't set me right now because I'm kind of struggling with this, but finding a way to still contribute, yeah. um, that shows kind of maturity. Yeah, for sure. And kids at 16, 17 don't have that sometimes. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, last thing. Any chance we can flip her to the to Choctaw land? I mean, have we signed on the dotted line? We have signed on oh, the dotted line. Man. She we is gotta, the LSU uh, Tigers. Yeah, she's going to have a blast down there. And, uh, Parker, we, we wish you great success. And, and Coach Denson, we wish you and, and the Lady uh, Raiders from Jackson Academy great success you. as you continue to move forward. Uh, we appreciate both of you taking the time to join us. Uh, and uh, we love to highlight great stories. And, uh, Parker, you're a great story to come out of Central Mississippi and a great representative for the state of Mississippi. Uh, and, Coach Denson, you're doing an amazing job over at Jackson Thank Academy. You. So appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, that is Parker Bracken. And uh, she is moving on to LSU next year. And uh, that was Coach Denson, her coach at Jackson Academy, who finished her third year, will be going into, their, into her fourth year coming up. And uh, that, is, that is going to conclude the first hour of the program. It's been a great first hour. We appreciate uh, Coach Heavener joining us earlier to talk about uh, a little baseball, Jackson Prep over there in Flowood, and obviously Coach Denson and Parker. We appreciate them being in studio with us. We'll be back with the second hour here upon Further Review right after this. It's time now for Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Norman, here on WJQS The Fan. Welcome back in. Hour number two of Upon Further Review. We are in the Garner Dental Group studio, and we are powered by Jerry Brewer. Jerry Brewer is a trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. Contact Jerry at 601-952-3525 or at Southern Gulf States com. Want to thank Brett Hevener in hour one, head coach Jackson Prep Baseball for joining us. Parker Bracken, Jackson Academy athlete and head volleyball coach Melissa Denson for joining us in studio uh, for our last couple segments. Uh, boy, what an hour. That, that's so fun to hear uh, high school coaches talk about being transformational, high school athletes who are being recognized and phenomenal at what they do. It's it's really what brings a passion to this radio show. And, uh, man, we're so thankful for them taking the time out of their evenings to, to join us. 
um, in Parker's case, she's she's in the middle of finals. So uh, big thanks for uh, for her taking the time out uh, to do that, as well as Coach Denson. So in this second hour, we've got the judge coming up at 730 uh, with the coaches challenge. And then we've got the good call, bad call later. Next two segments, we want to hear from you. Uh, we want to give us a call, 601-366-1180, or shoot us a text at 601-817-0106. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, personal Twitter account is at JDCoach, or you can reach us at the show at, at upon underscore sports. And what we're going to be talking about is a little NBA playoffs, uh, the MVP race, uh, and uh, and we'll also be talking about Tim Tebow and him going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, is that a good good situation or not? We'll see. So, uh, but he's obviously getting a lot of hate uh, for him joining, as is Urban Meyer. Want to start off though from the Positive Dog. It's a it's a book by John Gordon, and I want to read to you the eleven benefits of being positive. Uh, it's a Monday night. You got a full week ahead of you. Stay positive. Number one, positive people live longer. In a study of nuns, those that regularly express positive emotions lived an average of 10 years longer than those who didn't. Number two, positive work environments outperform negative work environments. Number three, positive, optimistic salespeople sell more than pessimistic salespeople. Number four, positive leaders are able to make better decisions under pressure. Number five, marriages are much more likely to succeed when the couple experiences a 5 to 1 ratio of positive to negative interactions. Whereas when the ratio approaches 1 to 1, marriages are more likely to end in divorce. Number six, positive people who regularly express positive emotions are more resilient when facing stress, challenges, and adversity. Number seven, positive people are able to maintain a broader perspective and see the big picture which helps them identify solutions, whereas negative people maintain a narrower perspective and tend to focus on problems. Number eight, positive thoughts and emotions counter the negative effects of stress. For example, you can't be thankful and stressed at the same time. I'm going to repeat that. You cannot be thankful and stressed at the same time. Number nine, positive emotions such as gratitude and appreciation help athletes perform at a higher level. Number 10, positive people have more friends. Imagine that, which is a key factor of happiness and longevity. And number 11, positive and popular leaders are more likely to garner the support of others and receive pay raises and promotions and achieve greater success in the workplace. The positive dog inside of you is the one you need to feed, not the negative one. That's the 11 benefits of being positive from the Positive Dog by John Gordon. All right, so we're going to jump into the NBA playoffs. Uh, the NBA ratings are down drastically, and you're saying, hey, why are you talking about the NBA? And I say, well, hey, look, why not? This is a great opportunity to highlight some things that are going on in the NBA. Uh, we have a lot of listeners that love basketball, that love uh, the NBA, uh, as maybe it used to be, but still love the game of basketball, college basketball, whatever it is. And uh, so we're going to cover a little bit tonight of uh, the playoffs and and the thing that we I really want to talk about and I'd really love to hear from you guys is is this first matchup in this play-in so in the play-in the seventh and eighth seed will play one another the winner of that automatically gets the seventh seed then the loser of that plays the winner of the 9-10 matchup those two play and that's who gets the eighth seed 
Well, it just so happens that two of the biggest superstars in the game, maybe the two biggest superstars, will match up in that 7-8 game this year, and that is the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. Steph Curry, LeBron James. It's not win or go home, but it's win, or then you're in a fight for your playoff life in a win or go home situation against the wither of the other playing game. That is a fascinating and could be a record, excuse me, a ratings bonanza for the NBA that is, has been just absolutely imploding from a ratings perspective. There are many reasons for that. We've dealt with some of those here. Uh, some of it is load management. We might hear from the judge about a little load management later, uh, which speaking of load management, I actually thought about not doing the show tonight uh, due to the, I had I have the, the hamstring virus. But you know what? Uh, I couldn't do it. I had to come in. Uh, even though I have the hamstring virus, I limped in and did the show. So, you know, when you talk about load management, when you talk about some of the other uh, political things that, that, uh, that have gotten wrapped up in sports, which is unfortunate because, remember, sports unites, politics divides. So when you've gotten a little of that into play, you know, it's divided a fan base based on whatever side or the other of coin you, you stand on from the standpoint of political issues. But, ten, but on Wednesday night, Warriors-Lakers, winner gets the seventh seed, loser the eighth seed, isn't an opportunity for Steph Curry to cement his legacy. He's already le- part of a dynasty. He already has a terrific um, uh, legacy. But, but this year, he wins the scoring title, averaging 32 points a game, Five and a half boards, 5.8 assists. The Warriors without uh, Wiseman for a lot of the year, without Clay Thompson the entire year, really weren't expected to do a whole lot. And here they are with a chance to beat the Los Angeles Lakers and get the seventh seed. On the other side of the coin, you have LeBron James, who had the high ankle sprain virus that, uh, that he missed um, uh, significant time with. And, and he is saying, hey, look, we don't care who we play. We're, we're, we'll play anybody, anywhere, anytime, which is what you want to hear. And if you are a two-seed Phoenix Suns, you don't want to see the Los Angeles Lakers fully loaded coming into a first-round series. So that in and of itself, while the play-in, you can argue about whether you like the play-in tournament or not, what that looks like, but, but the play-in – is creating some fantastic drama for the NBA with this one matchup. Warriors-Lakers Wednesday night, 7-8 seed playing one another. Winner gets the 7 seed. 8 seed plays the loser, winner of the 9-10 seed, and the winner of that game gets the 8 seed. I know that's complicated. Didn't used to be that complicated to get in the NBA playoffs. But, look, that's how it is now. That's the product. That's what they're putting forth. And, and look, in this particular case, there's a lot, a lot of – um, of uh, interest in that. So be, it will be interesting. When you look at the West, another uh, team that we talked about, and we talked about this from a culture and leadership perspective, the Phoenix Suns are the two seed after, I believe they haven't made the playoffs, and I don't know how many years it is. The judge probably knows, but, but they're now the two seed, really with not many tweaks other than adding Chris Paul, and you've got Monty Williams in his second year, I believe, over there, just leadership. That's how important leadership and culture is. I have this argument all the time. Look, you, you may be able to win some ball games being a transactional coach, but you're not going to win lives and you're not going to win consistently without being transformational. And, and, and if you do, 
that house of cards is going to fall. And it gives you a lot of respect for somebody like a Coach Denson from Jackson Academy Volleyball, Monty Williams from Phoenix Suns. They are relational in their approach to what they do. And because of that, you can sustain success. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are a case in point. Chris Paul has done an amazing job leading them. So the playoffs are going to get started. They actually start tomorrow night uh, for the NBA. The Hornets and the Pacers uh, are in that contest. Uh, that is the ninth, tenth place game. Uh, so the winner of that game will take on the winner, excuse me, the loser of the seven, eighth game, and that's the Wizards and the Celtics. Speaking of, hey, Russell Westbrook becomes the all-time leader in triple dub- doubles uh, within the last week, passes Oscar Robinson, uh, excuse me, Robertson. All-time great. He's averaging a triple-double this year, 22.2 points a game, 11.5 rebounds, 11.7 assists per game. People, you have no idea how difficult that is. That dude is a freaky athlete, uh, and he has uh, brought the Wizards to within just a game here of being the seventh seed if they can beat the Celtics, who are just a conundrum. Who knows what's going on over there in Celtic land. I really like uh, Brad Stevens, their coach. But this young group just doesn't seem to have been able to get it together. When we come back, we're going to talk about the MVP race. Who are your candidates for MVP? What do you have going in the NBA playoffs? We'll be back with more upon further review right after this. of cleaning welcome back to upon further review with your host josh dorman on wjqs the fan welcome back in garner dental group studios want to remind you that our caller line 601-366-1180 and text line 601-817-0106 they're brought to you by blue cross blue shield of mississippi it is good to be blue. And I think we have uh, Champ on the line. Champ, what's up this evening? J.D., loving the show, man. Um, this uh, Can't wait for the judge to come on. I, I want to be brief, but, uh, man, thanks for all the love earlier. But you left out one important thing that I did for you. And without me, you would have not have met Mrs. Dorman. So I want to make sure that everybody understands that and uh, – well, and, uh, that was a pivotal part in your life right there. That is the best part, and uh, <laughs> that is very true. We did meet at University Christian School, man. That's That's been some time ago, champ. Uh, it is getting longer every day. But, <laughs> hey, enough about that. Let's talk playoffs, man. Tell me what you think. I'm loving the uh, play-in thing. I know uh, I know my, uh, my guys on the Lakers uh, have uh, come out uh, against it, but, look, man, that's going to be an exciting game tomorrow night. And uh, and I really do feel bad for for uh, for the Suns because the Lakers take care of business tomorrow night. They will whip the Suns in the first round, and then it's on. They're going to run deep into the playoffs. Uh, they better hope that the Lakers don't uh, don't even make it that far. All right. So I contend that this year it's very possible in the West that the two, three, and four seeds could potentially all go down in the first round. Well, there's just so many quality teams out there. And, 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 and frankly, I think in, in the East, uh, 
you know, it's still it's kind of crazy that there, there are probably four four teams out there that in the East that could legitimately win it as well. So it's going to be a fun playoff time. Uh, I haven't had a uh, been watching as much as, as I have in the past, but I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I'm ready for some playoff basketball. There's no doubt. All right, so uh, last quick question, Champ, before we let you go. Who do you uh, have for the MVP? Woo! You know what? That is so uh, – it has been a crazy year with all the hamstrings and ankles and and uh, it doesn't seem like anybody's really kind of uh, uh, – come to the forefront, uh, I mean, just based on play alone, um, I hate to say it, but, you know, not not a great fan of the team. Great admirer of the talent, though. Uh, I'll go with Steph. Steph Curry. Joey Joey is, is, is jumping up and down right now hearing that. Uh, so, uh, what's that? No, I'm glad I could make Joey happy. <laughs> uh, there's nothing more than I wanted to do tonight. <laughs> no doubt, champ. Appreciate you, my friend. Appreciate uh, all you truly have done for our family, and uh, we'll we'll look forward to talking soon. Take care, JD. And, right. uh, hey, I'm going to be rising when the judge hits the field. You got that right. He's coming on next. Take care. That was uh, that was Champ calling in to talk a little NBA. So here's here's my thoughts on the the MVP. Uh, I think Embiid has to be in the mix. I think Jokic has had a phenomenal year for Denver, and 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 honestly, what they've done post-Jamal Murray's injury has been so impressive. Uh, I think, obviously, Steph, uh, scoring leader, you know, he's, he's, he's a 32-5-5 five five guy. He's got, he, he's got the Warriors six game, games above uh, 500. he He's been on an unbelievable tear from the three-point line. Obviously, the, the got to be the greatest shooter of all time. Um, things that he does with the basketball are phenomenal. So he's got to be in the mix. Jokic has to be in the mix. Embiid has to be in the mix. Now, here's one that I'm going to throw out there because um, he he is he changes the dynamic of the most talented and athletic team in the NBA, and that's James Harden. And look, I'll I'll be honest, I'm not a huge James Harden fan, but what he has been able to do in transitioning his game to play the way that he has to play, and the results. For the Nets, I think they're 500 without him. With him, they're 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 they've lost maybe four games, and and so you know the ability that James Harden has had to kind of be the glue to bring Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, although they've played very little basketball together, uh, which will be something to consider as you go into the playoffs. But I believe that's the most talented and explosive team in the NBA. And a big piece to that is James Harden. So I think you have to throw him into the mix uh, as well. Uh, you know, Luka Doncic, uh, you know, transparency, I'm a Mavericks guy. But but I just don't think that uh, that, that the, the results are there yet for Doncic. Uh, and I think a lot's going to be they've got the Clippers in that first-round series. And, uh, and the Clippers are a tough matchup uh, for the Mavericks. And I think the other thing that keeps Doncic from that conversation is – is quite frankly, he's just a whiner. And, you know, he's one technical foul away from a, a one-game suspension for the technical foul limit. It's way too much. It's every call. And I don't think that you get the respect of voters when when you play with that type of, uh, of, of me-centric play. 
You know, it, it, every time you get hit, or even when you don't get hit, you're yelling. You're and I, I get some of that's the culture of the game now. You're doing that. It's kind of a gamesmanship thing. But for him, it's way over the top. Uh, he stops playing at some at some points. Certainly has not hustled at certain points. So I, I think Doncic has a little ways to go. Uh, I would not put him in uh, that category from the standpoint of the MVP race. But so the the top four, in my opinion, Embiid, Jokic. Uh, you've got Steph, and then you've got James Harden, and uh, and I think that's a uh, those all have had deserving, uh, very deserving um, runs this year. So that's our MVP conversation for the NBA. And look, the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun. You know, it's it's going to be uh, something to watch if you still watch the NBA. According to some things I've seen, uh, ABC games are down almost forty five percent since uh, 2010, maybe 2011. So the NBA has been on a steady decline. There's a lot of reasons for that. We mentioned some of them earlier. We're not going to to rehash that. And we're certainly not going to hammer on the NBA because, you know, I'm a basketball guy. And, and I want the NBA to be successful. But the NBA has done a lot to hurt themselves. And, and one of the things that they may have done to positively impact themselves was with this play-in and, and the bump they're going to get from this Warriors-Lakers uh, matchup. So uh, MVP race will be interesting. If you have a, an MVP uh, candidate or you want to talk MVP, give us a call, 601-366-1180, or text us at 601-817-0106. We've got Wayne on the line. Is this the gravy train? This is the gravy train indeed. Oh, my goodness. Man. Champ and then the gravy train all in one night. It is a well, great night. I figured I would educate uh, your viewers, yes, your listeners tonight. Yes, I did love that you gave credit to the greatest basketball player on earth right now, James Harden. Okay, but the issue with MVP is you can't give it to just anybody because the whole you have to have a good enough year. The other person's team wasn't good enough. Steph, Steph Curry has had the best season of anybody in the NBA. He's lost a ton. He's got a six foot seven center as his second best player right now, and he has single handedly carried his team in the Western Conference, which is a better conference. Uh, I would say he is. He's showtime right now for the NBA. He he would be my MVP. Uh, I get Jokic just played great, Embiid's been great, but uh, they need to rethink the whole MVP discussion and how they look at it. Um, it needs to be impact more than it does valuable because there's there's so much to look, there's there's so much degrees. What does it mean? How do how do you decide who's more valuable than others? I think Shaq has one MVP, and you know, um, but he was the best player in the league, you know, four or five straight years. Same thing with Jordan. Yes. No, I don't disagree with that. Now, I would tell you that Shaq was the most dominant player. But probably what kept Shaq from getting more MVPs is he played with the best, the most skilled player for several of those years. And that skill kind of overshadowed him. I, I got to ask you this, though, while I've got you on the phone. Earlier in the show, I made, a, I made a comparison to Derek Jeter's house in Tampa Bay that just yeah. sold for $22.5 million and, and your, your luxury estate that you're building. Uh, it, 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 if, yeah. if you had to, to, to just do one like one comparison, like how would you compare your two houses? My housing would be like Tom Brady's house, where I have my own wing to myself. 
uh-huh. stops the antibiotic when it's a, when it's been a long stressful day. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. Gravy train, you are truly uh, you are truly a hero of the people. <laughs> I do what I can. I'll <laughs> be good. Enjoy the show. Keep Thanks up. for calling, my friend. So he, that's a vote. That's another vote for Steph Curry. So um, seems like Steph Curry is 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 in the mix. Uh, certainly, yes, agree 100% about Shaq. Very dominant in his time. And the MVP, yes, I get it. it there's a lot of criteria that we really don't know what they're using to, to make these decisions. Uh, and, and the gravy train knows how I feel about James Harden. So to hear me say that he's got to be in the race, that is a respect thing because of what he's done to transition his game from when he was in Houston to now being in Brooklyn. He is really the facilitator and the glue that's going to hold all of that together. Don't forget, just this week, now since we're reviewing things on Upon Further Review, Kyrie Irving came out and said that basketball wasn't the first thing on his mind. So, so this is one of your lead players, and I'm, 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 hey, look, I'm all about honesty, but this is a guy going in the playoffs, and he's more interested in political things, and 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 it's you know, so what are you going to get? Well, the glue that's going to hold that together is going to be James Harden, and that's why I would say he has to be in that conversation. Don't forget, we are powered by Jerry Brewer, trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. Contact Jerry at six zero one. 952-3525 or at southerngulfstates.com Coming up next we have the Coach's Challenge with the Judge. Jim Judge will be joining us once again as he does every Monday night for our last two segments and we'll hear who he's throwing the flag on. Don't go anywhere. More upon further review right after this. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Norman, on WJQS The Fan. Welcome back in. The Olympics theme song as we welcome in the judge for the coach's challenge. And I can only imagine what your topic is going to be tonight and who you're throwing the flag on. Finally, I, I get a chance to climb the podium. Well, maybe maybe the first step. But <laughs> anyway, even to approach the podium. <laughs> can even dust the podium. Listen, hey, but you know, isn't that something that so many American kids over the years, when you're growing up, have imagined about that, about you know, being an Olympian and how patriotic of a of a goal and an ambition that has been. And then here we are, what, ten weeks away, Josh, from uh, maybe the 2020 Olympics, as they want it to be called, the 2020 Olympics in 2021. Yeah, yeah. That's the dictate from the IOC, the International Olympic Committee. So, yeah, moving on. That's, you know. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, who are marketing purposes, Josh? Who are you throwing the flag on tonight for your coach's challenge? Well, you know, I'm I'm really uh, throwing it right where you were. I was taking it with the the International Olympic 
the committee. Josh, I said how great of a history it's it's been. Well, at least in in our memories, the fondness of our memories. But uh, you know, uh, here we are. It's it's been one of the great sporting events, I think. You know, uh, in the world, and uh, you know the lineage of champions and from all over the world and, and heroes and things uh, is, you know, it's really been a, a great uh, part of our history, you know, and our sports history especially. But, uh, uh, you know, the IOC, here we are 10 weeks away from uh, what all indications are. And, again, in the media, have you heard much about uh, the Olympics coming up in 10 weeks? You know, it's interesting you bring that up. I really haven't. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, and you know what? Uh, if you really, uh, if the media wanted to talk about a few things, I've been uh, looking at it. I caught a little bit of wind of it. You know, again, it's not something I, I hear on the mainstream media. Uh, you know, Japan was one of the least infected rich countries in the world in terms of COVID okay. last year. And, of course, you know what they say, uh if you don't want to catch a cold, go live by yourself on an island. Right. Well, the fact that Japan is an island, uh, I think they did close it off pretty effectively early. And, uh, you know, their people, the Japanese citizenry has always been very tight-knit. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, as evidenced by, you know, their toughness and resolve as a people. <clears throat> and uh, so, yeah, right now they are experiencing... Uh, the biggest surge, I think, probably of, of uh, you know, the large countries and the industrialized countries in the world right now. And they've only, Josh, 10 weeks away, only fully vaccinated 2% of the population. I heard that. I heard that. That was staggering considering I believe the United States is somewhere around 33 or 34% the last I heard. Right, and climbing and maybe a little higher than that now. Okay. But, no, these stats I got are just like a couple of days old. Uh, and, and there's a few things that are contributing to that. Uh, one, they have a distrust as a people uh, of vaccinations. They've had some problems since the 60s, I think, with the smallpox. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the, they have distrust of the government in okay. that regard. So they have a pretty high disapproval rating. I think it's close to 50%, uh, a little bit under of uh, the Japanese people, they don't want the vaccine. And so that, uh, and the Japanese government was slow to roll it out because of that. It wasn't popular. But then they got up against the wall with the surge in cases and then, the, of course, the, the Olympics coming in, in, in which uh, Tokyo and, of course, the country combined uh, have invested $15 billion, uh, to host the games. Wow. Wow. So, so what's going to happen in this surge is I would assume there's, you know, obviously a significant number of athletes, coaches, uh, volunteers within that country as well as outside of Japan, all are going to converge on Japan in what is right now uh, an increase in COVID activity. Absolutely. Yeah, this, you know, so, not to be the harbinger on, uh, you know, uh, bad tidings, but, you know, they talk about uh, going to the church service, the super spreader, or the wedding, you know, hello. Yeah. You know, you're going to bring 
people from every country, well, 205 countries, Josh, a little over 11,000 athletes, probably double the that with the numbers of officials and coaches, staff, and, uh, you know, IOC, people, just media, uh, you know, another thousands and thousands. And uh, among the athletes, I think a lot of these young, healthy folks, at least in America, they don't want the vaccine, do they? Yeah, that seems of, to be a pretty good percentage of NBA players and on and on that, yeah, still say, hey, you know, going to pass. So, uh, but this, this, I mean, this is going to be a big decision moving forward. By the way, uh, if it matters, the people of Japan rising uh, a wave against hosting. I think it's over sixty percent are against uh, having the games go on. They want to cancel, but guess who doesn't want to cancel, Josh? Uh, let me guess, the IOC. Hey, who has uh, follow the money, Josh? Again, they're going to they're gonna profit 4.3 is estimated record profit from this uh, year's Olympics. 4.3 uh, So, yeah, if they miss, the, by the way, this is the first Olympics ever. It's about 124 years now, the, Olympi- the modern Olympics. First time ever it was postponed to next year so we can get that money. Wow. They were canceled during uh, World War II, right after World War One, and uh, so it's it's not that. But the first time they said, "Hey, let's we're going to put it off a year, and then we're going to we don't want to lose that revenue." And now they're going to bring it into a potential hotbed uh, for a, a super spreader. If there ever is a thing, this this would be the right formula. But yeah, you know, and and just going a step further with the IOC, you know, they. Uh, they have been entrusted. It's a nonprofit organization since, uh, I believe, 19, uh, no, I think it was 1894. No, it was actually 21, 1921, uh, so they're about 100 years now, uh, entrusted with the Olympic movement, the modern Olympic Games. Yeah. And can you imagine the power structure that has evolved, Josh, over those years? It's, it's a, a multinational political power broker network to the max. And uh, they've had major scandals, uh, including as recently uh, the 2002 Salt Lake City Olympic, uh, Winter Olympics. Uh, there are uh, five USOC, uh, U.S. Olympic Council members uh, were uh, suspended and may have been prosecuted for bribes to uh, the IOC, so they would... Uh, assigned the games to Salt Lake City. So those bribes that were eventually proven and uh, that was within the IOC. And, and again, within each country, they have their own uh, hierarchy uh, that, you know, when the games are assigned to them. And believe me, that's a big money deal. Yeah, Who for gets sure. the games, yeah. For sure. And by the way, 24 is in Paris. 24 is in Paris, and we're throwing yeah. the flag on the IOC as uh, 10 weeks away and a lot of uh, – a lot of things going on over there in Tokyo, and uh, we're going to be back more, be back with more from the judge and his good call, bad call of the previous week as we continue on here, putting the finishing touches on upon further review on this beautiful Monday night. Don't go anywhere. Back with more from the judge right after this.
Welcome back to Upon Further Review on WJQS The Fan. Listen to us on the web at WJQSTheFan.com. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. I'm your host, Josh Dorman. This is the final segment. want to remind you, podcast, we drop it every week from the previous week's show. You can go to uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is, and uh, download our podcast. We appreciate you doing that. Give us a review while you're there. If you missed any of tonight's show, I know that there's been some technical difficulties on the website side, so if you missed any part of the show and you want to go download the podcast, just simply search Upon Further Review or my name, Josh Dorman. So we're welcome back here in the Garner Dental Group Studios. Uh, We've got the judge back in, and before we get to your good call of the week, I want to know something. One of the new events for the Olympics this year is three-on-three basketball. If you, Uncle Steve, and me lace it up in our prime, is there anybody that beats us in three-on-three? Hey, I don't think anybody would have ever seen the Boston Weave run like, you know, they would have had to call it the Uncle Steve Weave. Yes. But we would have run that action out top like they just think about doing it now, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, that Uncle would be... Steve was a dead, pure shooter. And uh, let me tell you, if they just rise up, if they raise up on you, you're by them. That's it. And then, of course, I'm the uh, the big high post guy on the elbow, and I run, you know, we run the scissor. Off me, I'm you know, uh, yeah, me- metal lurk, not metal lark. But oh yeah, <laughs> hey, you got the jump hook to both sides and the touch from the elbows. And you know, uh, as we all three had, you got to have either hand. That's right. That's right. That's right. No doubt. Oh yeah, that was, that was just preliminary. But oh yeah, that, hey, how about that though? That's the new sport that was, uh, I believe, requested by Japan. You know, speaking of the. The Olympics, uh, each host country gets to name a number of sports uh, that they would like to have added. Uh, so that's part of probably the application process. But, yeah, that and, of course, BMX biking. Uh, you know, that that's a big one, right? Yeah. And, I, and, 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 I, and, you know, through it all, through it all, they, they've kept the rhythm, the rhythmic gymnast. I know that's, you know, the one with the, the ribbons. I don't think that's your favorite. Uh, didn't you – Weren't you more of a, sw- a water guy? What was yeah, I'm, I'm more synchronized swimming. Syn- yeah, synchronized swimming. You know, that that is very, uh, you know, very delicate and uh, and choreographed, no doubt. Beautiful stuff. <laughs> delicate <laughs> yeah, three, for sure. Three hoops, man. Hey, I guess uh, uh, Ice Cube's big three is catching on. Boy, I tell you what. I tell you what. All right, so we've got the good call of the week. What are you going with? You know, I, I had to, with, with the recent information coming in, I had to go to a controversial split dual uh, gold medal award this week. First of all, you know, the late information I got, I just, uh, I just couldn't uh, hot off the wire. I just had to throw champ in there, you know, for the good call of the week. Uh, first of all, you know, you and I have been a little bit honest, in our opinion, about LeBron here these last few weeks. And, uh, you know, about the, the, uh, the load management now, you know, game management uh, uh, virus in itself. But, uh, you know, we were critical, and yet Champ comes through and shows the love. Uh, 
you know, it, even though we may have our disagreements. So uh, you got to appreciate that. Hey, and you know, in that regard, I'm just going to roll into my, my good call with, with Chance. It kind of ties together. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't get a chance to throw it. I should have been in, in that earlier in the hour. We could have talked about the MVP. Yes. But I got to throw it right away to uh, uh, Jokic. Uh, and actually, you know, it's called uh, – uh, yeah, Jokic the Joker, but I'm going to call him uh, Jokic the Joker. Uh, <laughs> but hey, listen, the guy uh, played every game, been in the best shape of his life, the most versatile big man. I forget what he did. Uh, he had the most triple doubles for a center since Wilt. Wow. Yeah, this year. And guess what? I, I think the criteria, I, Steph is beautiful. Steph's the greatest shooter of all time, you know, and uh, n no doubt about it, given that title every year, forever probably. But it has to be, in my opinion, and I think the historically the, the criteria is you got to be on a winning team. you got to be the guy that stirs the drink. Now, the drink goes down the drain before the playoffs start or, you know, or you're not really in a uh, contender's role. You know, that's always been uh, my thought. Was that, and I think if you look back, most of the MVPs were on successful teams. Now, the, Lord, the Warriors are having a late run. I mean, they've got the best record last, the last 20 games uh, in the West, 15-5. and five. I saw that yesterday. Yeah. And so they are on a legitimate run, and you don't want to see them in a one-game deal. Uh, and so, I, I, you know, I just think that personally, though, I think that uh, Jokic is going to get it. And uh, personally, uh, the other guy that if he had not got that dreaded uh, contagious uh, hamstring virus, uh, I think he got it from KD, didn't he? KD had it first. and then. But, yeah. but anyway, I, th I think Harden was a really legit because he stirred Brooklyn's drink. And even though the other guys weren't there, they had a great record, right, without him? I mean, without the other guys? Yeah, with Harden. Yeah, no, without Harden, they, they struggled. And but with him, no matter if it was KD or Kyrie or neither, they played pretty well. They won yes. most of their games. So no doubt. I would have to say Harden second and uh, Jokic uh, first. No doubt. Uh, no just doubt. wanted to throw that in. And, uh, you know, thanks, champ. Uh, we don't even agree on that. I know you got uh, Steph and, and, again, all-time great. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was going to go that way. And, uh, you know, also uh, Wayne the Gravy Train Wayne, you know, going with Steph. So, uh, you know, I'm going to have to uh, beg to differ on that with those guys. But, uh, you know, otherwise I was going to move toward the, uh, the good call. And uh, I would have to say, you, you know, uh, when you look at the success of a franchise, many times, you know, you say, well, it's really, uh, you know, the people that are upstairs or whatever. But if you look at uh, – some of the worst owners in pro sports, you know, they don't typically have, I mean, they're, they're called that for a reason, but I mean, I'm going to give my good call of the week to the Suns, Robert Sarver. Okay. And here a guy, you know, this is kind of a Homer deal here, but uh, based on his performance, it's been 11 years, by the way, Josh, since the Suns 11, made the okay. playoffs. That's about the time Sarver took ownership, by the way, bought it from one of the best owners ever, Jerry Colangelo. Uh, but uh, in that 11-year drought, you know, he's probably gone through about eight or nine coaches. He went through Steve Kerr, 
because you know what he was all over him mm-hmm. and he is a he is a brash guy uh he, he uh is abrasive at times very authoritarian that's his nature but you know what he's come over uh he's had a change of heart and his great move was backing off and hiring james jones as the gm who then uh in a, in a great decision hired monty williams you talked about the values of putting in there as a team uh you know, I, I'm always, like I was talking about the MVP, always more of a team success guy, a system guy. I've never been like the, the guy with the, the Jordans or the LeBrons. I'm always looking for the, you know what I'm saying, the team approach to success, Josh. And so to see that come up with the Suns now, by the way, they one of the first teams ever to improve their record year over year by more than 20 games, two years in a row. Wow. Two years ago, they won 19 games. Yeah. Last year, it was about 38 or 39. Had a great run in the That's bubble. And then this year, 51 and 21. That's incredible. All right, we got 30 seconds. Tell us your bad call of the week. Well, you know, uh, I was looking for here, you know, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, we were going game management. The variant of the oh, yeah. game yeah, load yeah, the management virus. virus. Now, you know, the uh, the hamstring virus is <laughs> mutated, and now you got the, uh, the high ankle and the low ankle variant, the uh, shoulder uh, virus variant. And uh, yeah, it's just farcical, isn't it? Oh, the, man. Uh, the NBA uh, and the links they're trying to go to manipulate, and guess what? Some, I'm not going to with some of these uh, manipulating teams with the superstars. They, they might have an accident and, yep. and go out sudden death. You never no know. doubt. No doubt. Well, we appreciate the judge joining us, as always, every Monday night for our last two segments, bringing us the Coach's Challenge and Good Call, Bad Call of the Week. That's going to wrap it up for here. We've been powered by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Be healthy, be blue. It's good to be blue. You can find out more about everything Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi has going on. Check out the website, bcbsms.com. We'll be back with more upon further review next week, Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m. We encourage you to join us, and we encourage you, be positive, my friends. Many benefits to positive thinking and positive action. Have a great week. Hopefully you'll join us next week here on Upon Further Review. You have a great night.